Hello, and welcome to Assured by Grace. My name is Danny Woodward, and I'm joined again by my co-host, Pastor Phil Congdon. Phil, it's, uh, it's good to be back again. I know we've taken a, a week or two off, but uh, I'm glad we're here. Yeah, I wasn't well last week, and uh, there's been um, a lot of stuff going on in the world, and we're going to talk about that. Man, I'm going to talk true. about that today some. There, it, it just seems like every time we turn around, uh, there's there's a new problem. Uh, there's there's something to be concerned about out and about the, the the global implications all the way down to the the local problems that we're seeing. And yeah. so, yeah, I think that would be a, a great opportunity for us to discuss assurance of grace as it applies to the the problems of this world. Yeah. Well, it, we might just. Um... For, for those who are, are watching, there, there are a lot of things that are going on, and we're not going to be dwelling on those things today, but, but we do want to, uh, I, we, we, we want you to know that we are in the same situation you are, and, and we're facing really uncertain times um, in the last couple of weeks, just, a, just the last two or three weeks. Um, Really, the world has changed in a in a major way. The events in Afghanistan may be half a world away from America, but they've really changed a lot of a lot of the the, the setting that the world is in. Uh, the results of that: those who are keeping up with the news, those who follow what's going on uh, closely, uh, you will know that that this has had impact in a lot of different countries. Mm. Uh, from China to uh, North Korea to Iran um, to Turkey, uh, of course, Afghanistan. Uh, it, it's going to have a domino effect. And the other countries like the Philippines and Taiwan and, uh, and many other countries are wondering uh, what's happening. And the result of this is that um, there is a rising tide of anxiety and fear. Yeah. And, you know, just, just bolt that on to what's already here as yeah. we struggle through, uh, you know, a pandemic in our own country oh, yeah. and, and across the world and, and just the, the fears that, that we're met with in terms of, of looking out to our immediate surroundings and also looking over the horizon to, to what might be coming. So, so Phil, how do we, in the midst of all of this anxiety, like you said, what do we turn to uh, Mm -hmm. in in the Bible that can, that can give us some, some confidence, some assurance? Well, you know, the, the thing is, let's talk about the knee jerk reaction. Uh, I have it. Uh, I'm not saying you or, and I are alike, but I think many Christians, and I want to talk to Christians, uh, particularly if you're a believer in Jesus Christ as your Savior. Uh, at a time like this, what is the what is our enemy trying to do? Because remember, uh, we are having uh, the the impact of what we are um, seeing happen. Uh, if, if we want to include a lot of things, Christians will understand, for example, that it isn't just Afghanistan or, or China or something. It isn't just global political um, situations, but 
and it isn't even just the pandemic, which mm-hmm. uh, is going on. But Christians are aware that there has been something that's been encroaching, and it's been coming with um, a, a steady um, uh, weight. It's it's bearing down on us, and that is uh, that what God's word teaches, God's truth, uh, God's morals is being uh, trampled, is being uh, confronted. And I think uh, that what Satan has been doing since the dawn of time, he's doing the same thing now. Remember in the Garden of Eden, in perfect place, Satan uh, gets people, Adam and Eve in that case, Mm -hmm. to not trust God. Has God said raise the doubt, and then say, no, you will not really die. Mm-hmm. You'll really be like God. That's what it really is. And of course, this is why Jesus would call Satan the father of lies, or, or John would call him the great deceiver, or whatever. Why is that? It's because that's what he markets in. He markets in anything he can say or get us to believe in order to get us not to trust God. And so for Christians, there, you know, we can talk here both to people who may be listening who do not even know what they're what we're talking about when we say, Do you know the Lord, the mm-hmm. God of the world, the creator, the king of the universe? But I want to start with those who do know the Lord. And you and I, we we rub shoulders with Christians all the time. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you see? Uh, what do you, I mean, do you, do you see some of this going on? This rise in fear and there's, doubt? There's fear, there's doubt, there's frustration, uh, there's concern, there's, there's the, the feeling that, well, we've got to do something. Yeah. Uh, that you just see, you know, and, and especially in terms of, talking about the the cultural changes that are happening at the rate that they're happening. There's a, just a, I feel like from folks that I talk to and even times that I felt this way myself, that you, you, you can't just give up the ground. You've got to, you've got to stand. And there's a difference though, isn't there between standing and, and being an aggressive arbiter of, of of a culture that you think is starting to, uh, to change. Yeah, it, it's unraveling, and it is unraveling. I I don't think, you know, there may be uh, people whose heads are in the sand, and they just think, no, things are going to keep going as they always have. But I think Romans one outlines that there is a, a God gave them over, and God gave them over, and God gave them over because when people actively oppose God, God uh, is going to. Uh, his judgment is going to be, okay, you want it, I'm giving it to you. And that's where, where so, we see things happening. So what we're, what we're dealing with isn't God's wrath. It's not God giving us judgment on our country and saying, you know, I'm going to punish you in this way. It's him saying, I'm going to give you what you want. I'm well, going to step it is, back. But and it is you. his wrath though. Romans one says the wrath of God is poured out from heaven against all ungodliness okay. uh, among men. So, so it is his wrath, 
because, but I understand what you're saying. You're saying, you know, we're asking for it uh, in a sense. Mm. But what it is, is that God's, his natural, his nature is grace, mercy, love, forgiveness. That's the story of his revelation. But if mankind or a nation, we see this through the Old Testament with Israel and other nations, uh, or an individual shakes uh, his fist or our collective fists in the face of God, and we say, we're going to do it our way. Mm -hmm. Then God says, then you get wrath. You don't get the blessing I want to give you. Uh, and so I, the first thing I was going to say is really, I just want to say to Christians, uh, there may be a knee-jerk reaction to say, well, let, let's say, for example, let's talk about something like, say, critical race theory being taught to children in school, or LGBTQ and issues about sexuality and marriage and, and the purity and the clarity that God talks about that in scripture being totally swept aside mm -hmm. um, that there is a tendency. The first thing I'm going to say is if only, uh, if only I was running yeah. the school or if only we had better people uh, in the school board or the mayor's office or the governor's office, you fill in the blank. If only we had a better person, then all our problems would be gone. <laughs> and that's, that is a tendency, I think, that Satan wants us to have, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my trust in somebody. Now, I'm going to try to be as balanced as I can here. I hope nobody will be upset about this, but there will be probably some listening who would say, uh, I know of some who have said that, that, President Biden was the solution. He's the solution to our problems. Mm -hmm. He's helping. He's going to get us to the where we want to go. Other people will say President Trump is the one that could save us. And, and if he hadn't uh, been voted out of office, then everything would be fine. And I want to say that is beguiling to think that if we just had a different person, yeah. Everything would be right. I think Satan wants us to get to that point because then we stop looking to God. Yeah, we, there's only room for one savior, right? Yeah, that's right. There's not uh there's <clears throat> not any room for us to put our trust in something else. But that's what we do and and I know even even watching the news <laughs> in the evenings you you're you see that and 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 it doesn't matter what it is. There's all pick your poison, right? There's problems all over the place. And it's just like you shake your head and say, well, that just makes no sense. Yeah. That why aren't we doing this or why aren't we doing that? Yeah. Um, I'm, so I'm I, I can, I can see where you're coming from there. Yeah, so. and people, people are going to look at all the problems. We haven't mentioned all of the problems uh, that there are, and there are so many, yeah. and there's so much divisiveness. Uh, but that is part and parcel of this. Satan seeks to divide. That is his mechanism to get people against each other. 
the, the COVID issue is a, is a great example. As a pastor of a church, um, uh, I shepherd people who are allowing their personal view of something, uh, either a vaccine or a mask or, or you name it, to their differences of opinion to get them to divide from somebody that they're going to be with forever. And the unity that we have in Christ was never supposed to be uniformity. So I, I just I call out to Christians, the solution to any problem is not a new president or an old president. The solution is not our military being better or more effective. The solution is not in getting a vaccine or wearing a mask or not. Uh, the solution is not in getting a better school board. Recognize that we are living in a fallen world and that God of this world, <clears throat> in fact, uh, in scripture, John, the apostle John says in 1 John 5, the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. So we are not even surprised when we see this happening. Mm -hmm. Indeed, we should be surprised when the mercy and grace of God actually is poured out uh, on us. Um, so, so Phil, we've got the solution. Yeah. We know the solution up front. Let's look at the problem because the problem that I see that's really dividing us is being, that's actually driving the wedge here in a lot of us. It's fear, right? Absolutely. You, you hit the nail. I mean, you squarely hit the nail. It is not Afghanistan, China, COVID, critical race theory, uh, immorality. It isn't. Those are all symptoms. Think of a bullet wound that has a scab, uh -huh. you know, and the scab, you can pick at the scab, and that's what we do. The bullet wound here is fear. It is controlling people. Wow. Um, I'm going to, I, I want to, if, if we can, you might want to take them somewhere else, but I want to just take people to scripture uh, for a few minutes. Uh, Psalm 56. If you want to go there, if you have a Bible at home, you want to turn there. Let me give you the setting here. Uh, David uh, is on the run. This is before he became king of Israel. He's being pursued by Saul. Saul hates his guts, wants to kill him. Saul is uh, the king uh, of Israel. David can't even, at this point in his life, he didn't even have, <clears throat> you know, his 400 mighty men. He only had a, a, a little band of friends. And he is being pursued. His life is in danger. And he can't even find a place in Israel that he can hide. And so he escapes and he goes to Gath. Now, those, those who are astute Bible students will know that in Gath, was, uh, that's where Goliath was from. And if you remember before this happened, David had, uh, he had um, taken care of Goliath. And that had been, in fact, one of the great victories of Saul's early kingdom, that this kid comes out and with his sling, he kills the champion of Gath, all of their armies ran. So now David goes to Gath to hide. And if there's anywhere in the world that he's probably in more danger than he was in Israel, it was in Gath. And in Gath, hiding out, 
he calls out to God. I want you to listen to these words. I'll just start with, this is Psalm 56, verse 3. Uh, it begins, he says, be gracious to me, O God. In verse 1, man has trampled upon me. The, the Hebrew there probably means that he's, that men are pursuing him, or pressing against him. Uh, so it's, it's more the danger that he's under. They're fight, fighting all day long. He oppresses me, foes. Again, uh, they're, they're pressing on me. They fight proudly against me. And then he says this. When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. Uh, David had stood up to lions and bears as a shepherd. He had stood up to Goliath with his sling. But no matter what situation he was in, his trust was in the Lord. Uh, and he even told Goliath that when he went out and met Goliath. It wasn't, I, I meet you with my sling. It was, I come to you in the power of the Lord. And that trust makes a big difference. As you read this psalm, listen to these words. In God, whose word I praise, in God I have put my trust. I shall not be afraid. What can mere man do to me? All day long they distort my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They attack, they lurk, they watch my steps as they have waited to take my life. Because of wickedness, cast them forth in anger. Put down the peoples, O God. You have taken account of my wanderings. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know, that God is for me. In God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, in God I have put my trust, I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? Now this is uh, you know, really a touching scene for me. When, when we look at the world and we see all of the problems that we're in. We can focus on those or else we can cut right through them like a hot knife and focus on the assurance we have by grace in God's love and goodness. When David said that, um, uh, that he said, in God whose word I praise in the Lord, whose word I praise, and God, I have put my trust. This I know. Wow. Mm -hmm. This I know. God is for me. You know what? Uh, if you are listening to this today, anyone listening to this who has believed in Jesus, put their trust in the Lord as their Savior, if you can trust Jesus enough to save you for eternity, you can trust him enough for today. Stop living in fear. When I am afraid, I'm going to put my trust in the Lord. That's, that's just a, a really a neat thing. Uh, that's a lesson we all need to learn because there are dangerous times coming.
you know, and I, and I just want to piggyback onto that with a, a couple of verses from Psalms 147 that I, I think do a great job of just bringing to light. Not only are we to trust him, but that God delights in, in that trust. And, and oh, it says okay. his pleasure, and, and he's, he's speaking of God, his pleasure is not in the strength of the horse, nor his delight in the legs of a man. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. Isn't that great? So, yeah, he's not only is it that we're, we're to trust him, that, that it gives us a, an assurance and, and a hope for the future, but that to know that God delights in that trust, yeah. that that's what it's all about. He wants us to be leaning into him. Yeah, the, 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 again, I read verse 11 one more time. This is Psalm 147, verse 11. The Lord, what did yeah. you say? The Lord delights in those who fear him. Okay, that's, that's interesting. Uh, mine says the Lord favors those who fear him. Mm-hmm. But we were talking about fear. Mm-hmm. How do you see the difference between, um, you know, when I am afraid, I will trust in him. So you see a solution to fear in Psalm 56. But here it says uh, that the Lord favors or that the Lord delights in those who fear him. Mm -hmm. What's the difference in that you're thinking? What what is the difference in fearing what's happening in the world and fearing the Lord? Oh man, I think that, and I could, I could get this wrong. This feels setting me up here, but I think that uh, it's, it's a matter of of uh priority in 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 how you're putting your trust you know when i say i i put my trust in the lord and fear him mm-hmm. you're you're looking at what god can do and in the rest of creation pales in comparison to to what he can do and it's just it to, that's what it is to yeah. me what, well, what the, do you the fear you of the lord the fear of the lord i always think of it sort of as the awe of the Lord, mm-hmm. uh, the awesomeness of the Lord. Think of a child um, <clears throat> who, um, for 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 a little child, daddy is, you know. There's a, a fear in the sense of you don't go up and and hit your daddy and tell him to get out of your way or something. <laughs> you you know that daddy is the one who. Um, he both protects, but he disciplines and guides you as well. Mm-hmm. And so let's say in a moment of fear, the child gets lost and he sees daddy. It's the fact that there's the awe, the respect of daddy, that he can trust in daddy. So he reaches out for daddy's hand. And in the same way, the fear of the Lord is the recognition that God is the sovereign of the universe. And therefore, you don't, you don't deal lightly with him. You don't shake your fist in his face. Uh, and so the fear of the Lord, those who recognize how great God is, they do not fear the things here on the earth. The fear of the Lord is something that causes them to trust in him. So that's a kind of a picture that I have always had of, of the fear of the Lord. Uh, again, Solomon says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Um, yeah. I think uh, 
and I, I, I would also throw in here from the New Testament in, uh, in 2 Timothy 1, verse 7, when uh, Paul says, uh, it's right at the end of his life, this is probably the last letter that he wrote, uh, and he says in 2 Timothy 1, 7, says, God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. The Christians in that early church, like Christians at this very moment in Afghanistan mm-hmm. and Christians at this very moment in China and in Iran and in North Korea and in uh, a dozen other countries, more than a dozen, 20 other countries uh, in this world are facing persecution. And we Christians in America, why should we be any different? Why should we be any different? Are, are we somehow, uh, does God <clears throat> want to give us a special bubble of peace and joy? No. The same world in which they live, we live. And in our world, we, we live in a country that is actively opposing God and his truth, even though they know. It, it's in our history, we have a culture that has a foundation based in, in truth. And so there's more of a willingness in our country. What do we do as Christians? How do we respond? Well, I say no timidity, no timidity. Stand for the truth, power, love, discipline. Bill, let me ask you something, just kind of to, not to throw a curveball, but kind of to throw a curveball yeah. at you. There are, there are choices that people are having to make these days that there's there's concern because there's just not a a good answer there's there's uh you know there's a lot of talk about science a lot of talk and i'm not going to go into any details but there's there's situations that people find themselves in where they they want to they want to stand for for truth and in truth and yet they're being pressured from different different corners of of our culture and yeah. and of our and of our world in general to to make a choice that they really can't see their way through what do you advise us to do in those situations well, you know what um first of all in specific issues um say political or economic mm-hmm. or, or medical or, or you know whatever those those issues and and there are going to be different issues mm-hmm. uh, i would call some of these uh, maybe what I would call the gray areas of Scripture. In other words, it's not a, it, it's not a, um, an issue that Scripture may arbitrarily speak clearly to. Uh, so, for example, uh, maybe a political party. You know, and people say, well, you know, the, this party does this, this party does that. You know, I'm not sure who to be for. And some would say, for neither, you need to be libertarian or independent or something. And we could argue those things, mm-hmm. uh, or or in in the pandemic, you, you know, should you wear a mask? If so, what kind or how many or where? Uh, should you get the vaccine and should you get the boosters and 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 how many and 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 are you right or are you wrong? First things first. Uh, let's stop trying to control other people's lives. I am going to. Uh, in areas that scripture does not speak to, uh, I'm going to humble myself. 
and I'm going to say there are different views here. Um, you make your decision. Even the Apostle Paul would say, let every man be convinced in his own mind. And that was in issues that divided Christians. So mm. I would say that for Christians. First of all, uh, stop trying to control somebody else's life. You think you, you, think you know what everybody ought to do? Uh, okay, if somebody asks you, tell them in humility, this is what I think is best. But for heaven's sakes, let's stop attacking one another based on uh, an issue that isn't clearly addressed in Scripture. Now, issues that are clearly addressed, we then do not speak with the imprimatur of my own view that you should do this, but God says, and make sure that when you do that, you know, thus saith the Lord. Mm. Uh, because I, I know that there are... See, Listen, I, I lost uh, uh, some very dear friends. Uh, I've lost dear friends because they had a political position and they felt that uh, since I didn't share their political position, they could not fellowship with me as a brother in Christ. That, um, that, that was the only thing. It eclipsed. Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. uh, it eclipsed biblical truth. And uh, any of us can be guilty of that. Sure. Uh, I think that uh, it, it would have been, it's probably true that there are, are some who, who feel like um, uh, Trump should be president. Uh, and if he was, then we'd be better off. And, and that's what God would want or something like that. And I just say, you, you can't go that far. Can we talk about issues? Yeah, let's talk about issues. I find that Christians generally agree on the issues mm -hmm. that like killing an unborn baby. That's never right. That's, right. that's something we agree on. Okay. Well then let's, let's stick to those issues that are right. The truth that is revealed in God's word, because I think Satan's plan, as I started off this podcast, he just wants to get us to divide. He wants to get us yeah. at each other's throat. So stop trying to control other people's lives. If they ask you, be willing to share. But let's stop going around and trying to win people to some political view or some uh, academic approach, whether it's homeschooling versus public schooling versus Christian schooling or whatever. Yeah. Uh, or getting a vaccine or not getting a vaccine or wearing a mask or not wearing a mask. Uh, we here at New Braunfels Bible Church, we have had to uh, struggle uh, for the last year and a half mm -hmm. with Christians who were telling us, you'll do it this way or we're leaving. And we've had to say, wait a minute, that's not the way the body of Christ functions. But boy, we are we're in it, and Satan mm -hmm. is having a heyday. Boy, this is a this is a timely topic. Um, can we just land the plane here by saying this? Um, this podcast is called "Assured by Grace." That assurance is first and foremost because Jesus died on the cross for our sins. 
and rose from the dead, he offers the free gift of eternal life to anyone who believes. You believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. That's the Apostle Paul's simplest gospel in Acts 16.31. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You don't have to uh, line up all of the pious things that you're going to do <laughs> in order to get into heaven. Nothing you or I do can make us fit for heaven. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can do that. So that's, that's the assured by grace that we're talking about. The grace of God has made available to every man, woman, and child eternal life. That's eternity. The God that you can trust for eternity is a God you can trust for today. And so facing the uncertainty of the day and the fears that we have, you can be assured by grace. Just as David said, uh, that he knew God was for him. Know it, believe it, trust in him. And that's what I would say. It's kind of like, I just wanted to land the plane that way. No, it's great. And, and I just want to, I want to uh, welcome anybody that might be listening that if you, uh, if you have any questions about some of these topics, you want to hear more from Phil about uh, some topic in particular, uh, we'd be happy to take that up. Send us a line. We'll, we'll run a, a message on how to get, get a hold of us under the screen here. And uh, we definitely want to hear from you. Thanks. It's great to be with you again. You too.